You're listening to episode 24 of the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast. I'm Jason Tucker, and I've settled over a billion dollars in copyright claims for the world's largest studios. Over the last 15 years as the expert pirate hunter, IP problem solver, and enforcer, I have helped shape copyright law, the processes, and the landscape that exists today. So how do you keep your IP organized, protect it from pirates, and make even more money off of your content? With real-life insight and stories from the trenches, this is the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about the history and growth of internet piracy. It started with porn. It's, it's important to know the past to understand how piracy and the growth of piracy occurs. If you want to have a good view of what will happen in the future, well, history is key. Now, a few tools may change, but for the most part, pirates just rinse and repeat. So if piracy is a constant, the distribution of adult content is the crystal ball. For the first part of this episode, I share stories and then I'll tie it all together. The purpose is so that you can learn from my mistakes, from the mistakes of large companies who didn't want to embrace what was possible or look to adapt, and learn what's possible and what you can do when piracy affects you. My job is to focus on anti-piracy issues on a global scale. My job is also relationship management and brokering of deals. Because of what I do, I can tell you the extent of piracy in a particular location more often than not top pirates in those countries or top pirate networks in those countries. I can track piracy and find piracy because of primers and patterns, some of which I'm going to share with you today. So for almost whew, 20 years, I've worked in the online adult entertainment space. I also work in the tech, music, and mainstream entertainment business, and I jump worlds. In adult, I've been a studio owner, a content producer, a website owner, a magazine publisher, distributor, a gateway for tech companies, an innovator, and as a result of co-owning what at the time was one of the world's largest libraries of content, a pirate hunter. The World Wide Web grew because of adult entertainment. The business models we use today came from the adult business, streaming video and its predecessor JPEG push, pay-per-click ads, banner advertising, transaction systems, the need for data delivery, all started with the online adult business. Now, most of these systems came from the need to serve a few people. Ron, JB, Dave, Ishai, Russ, Joe, Joel, Jonathan. These names mean nothing to those who were not there, but there should be statues dedicated to these guys. If you made a dollar today from the internet, you should be thanking them for helping grow an amazing field, which we get to play on. You may not like the subject matter of adult, but the subject matter filled pipes and fueled the growth that has resulted in the online landscape we exist in. Now, in the beginning, the before time, (laughs) there were no rules. And to say it was a magical time is an understatement. To say movies like Middlemen, which Chris made in 2008, gives you a view, I would suggest it was more like a peek into how wild, interesting, and educational it it really was. It was a tight group, and and it still is. When you're in a small pool and nothing is out of reach and is fueled by money, drugs, celebrity, and world travel, a real bond is formed. Uh, People nowadays talk about the early days of Bitcoin in a a slightly similar fashion and joke the same way. There's the the 2010 story of Laszlo, the programmer, who bought two pizzas for 10,000 Bitcoins. Uh, That's about 4.5 million per pizza buy. (laughs) People say, "Who, who would do that today? Well, Laszlo, the programmer, who wanted pizza. Some of my favorite stories are are a lot different. They involve playing Xbox in a two-story Vegas hotel suite for traffic and site joints while bribing workers at Nathan's in increments of $100 bills to deliver junk food while also stopping for donuts and smokes. And for those that tuned in for stories of nudity and drugs, there was that too. If 
Coke was snow. People I know sped up the accusation of climate change in Vegas and Miami at least twice a year. Many a major business deal was done in a hotel suite bathroom. The nudity, the excess was also seen at work, but it was just part of the deal. We were, well, we were, we were tech geeks who jumped onto a thing. We we were nerds with means and nobody knew where this thing was going, but man, we were well paid for the ride. At first we put up content, then we sold the rights to see it. Then we made buckets of cash. Then the pirates came. And when the buckets of cash slowed, the pirates mattered. Now this will happen in every industry. It happened in adult. It still happens in adult. The first round of pirates scanned magazines for the pictures, and pirates quickly got their hands on digital images, and the internet did what it does. It duplicated content at lightning speed. Now, back then, the World Wide Web wasn't that big. You could really reach the end of the internet, or at the very least, feel as though you had. For us, at least initially at that time, piracy was an afterthought. We didn't know the size, we didn't know the scope, or how to tackle it. And no one really did. We were making, we were licensing, we were counting, and then the problem just got huge. A search result would generate thousands of pages of our images, and they were on free sites and in members areas and on banner ads. And if I had to guess, only about 20 or 30% of what we found uh, was licensed. Others were selling and licensing CDs and tapes with our content, and some of these pirate operations were even providing fake licenses to those who purchased from them. And if you can hear it in my voice, it feels overwhelming. It can seem overwhelming, and and it did. But today there are laws and case history and a roadmap of what to do and how to get almost anywhere. There are flaws in the law, and we'll touch upon what changes I would like to see in the Digital Millennium Copyright Act in in a future episode. The DMCA is the law that governs copyright infringement liability in the digital world. The systems that we use today are modified versions of the systems and tools I put into play over a decade ago, or longer than that, when when this all started. And they work. And today I'm more effective at ending a particular stress point for a content producer, and our clients also don't wait until their numbers are sliding to address the issue. The unlawful proliferation of adult content is a good lesson in consumer habits and how to address piracy. So we're going to discuss an example of this same song playing out in the music business. It was about 2002 I think that a stable version of Napster hit the scene and it took no time for the music industry to freak out because they were quickly losing their traditional distribution models. People wanted to consume content differently than ever before. The music industry was super slow to pick up on that idea. Steve Jobs' Apple, one of the original pirates of Silicon Valley, later solved that problem with an iPod and iTunes. Now, Napster was based on a peer-to-peer technology. Napster was awesome for dropping toolbars and adware onto people's computer. Napster was awesome for finding and downloading music. Napster was a money machine for adult content. What was missed by too many during that entire period because the word piracy drowned the noise was that peer-to-peer technology is an awesome delivery tool. Napster at its core operated like edge delivery on the World Wide Web. So where adult was busy making money from this new technology... The music industry's solution was to have Madonna record a statement saying, what the fuck do you think you're doing? If you downloaded certain music instead of playing music, you got Madonna asking you what you were up to. It was like getting Rickrolled for a while. And today that same model is repeated when the music industry takes down a pirate site and sends out a press release only to see five more pop up from the same pirate. It's almost like pirates are asking the music industry what it's thinking. So is Napster all bad? No. If Napster was the beta model iTunes, Netflix, Hulu, and like streaming services are the release model. 
Now, the closest at that time was Cinema Now, a Microsoft-sponsored company that streamed content through Windows Media Player. Cinema Now was, was hard to market back then, and the model was hard to sell, but at least they tried. Not all music or media companies rejected the Napster model. I was contracted to see if we could sell music on Napster, and we did, and we did so well that the music label shut us down. And without getting into details, the excuse was they didn't want to provide artists the ability to have real-time data on dollars. I don't share this to gloat or walk down memory lane for the sake of walking. I share this because no matter your industry, when business slows or competition starts nipping at your bottom line or a disruptive new technology shows up, take a look at what's possible before you work to shut it down. Piracy is where people tend to look to place blame. And I don't think they always place blame in the correct place. They don't always see the opportunity. Don't get me wrong. Piracy chips into bottom lines. Piracy has wiped out businesses. Piracy, like a virus, must be respected and properly addressed. If overwhelming force was always the answer, then the music industry's anti-piracy efforts should have wiped out music piracy. Hollywood's torrent site attacks should have ended torrent sites. My early no-holds-barred action in adult should have wiped out piracy. It didn't. What we all did was change how pirates operate. It's why I changed our model, and it's why we systematically target problem sites and networks. We look at the whole picture. We figure out where piracy really is an issue, then we solve those problems. And if you've listened to my podcast episodes before, you may have gotten a general sense of that's how I would like you to consider looking at your problems or issues when they come up as opportunities of what's possible with what's going on around piracy for you. Now, the music industry saw Napster as an attack on their antiquated distribution model. Their control was at stake. The market was telling them about this new way to serve content. They basically ignored it. Now, I use Napster to drive traffic and sell products, uh, so it was great for me. Now, what do all these stories having and, and moments have in common? There will always be opportunity, big money in selling, using and trading content. Advertising models work. Membership sites work. Selling and licensing photographs and courses, music, film, video, cam content, all of it. It's a value. Don't let pirates spook you. Create content and sell it. Just don't forget that pirates exist. Don't forget that piracy is existing right now in your market. You may not be paying attention to it because you're making buckets of money or you have other reasons not to pay attention to it. But anti-piracy efforts don't need to consume you or be costly. Just keep an eye on piracy. If for no other reason, you can learn a lot from a pirate. So what have I learned from pirates? You can give content away and still make a nice living from ad sales and upsells. You can get a piracy network to comply with requests and stay away from your content. You can turn a pirate into a marketing agent, meaning an affiliate. You can learn some smart SEO tricks. You can learn what an audience wants and how they want it. You can see trends before most in your field will get wind. That's a big one. They're also good at avoiding liability. And I said this earlier, but the U.S. laws that were created to purportedly protect the content owner's rights can be used to avoid liability. It's why the law needs to be updated, and, and we'll touch upon that in another episode. The U.S. is not the leader in anti-piracy efforts we think we are. When it comes to piracy, well, when it comes to anti-piracy, the U.S. laws are behind the U.K., Germany, France, and other countries, including Russia. Why? In all of those other countries, there's a fairly quick and easy roadmap to show that a site has liability and that the URL should lose the right to have any access to traffic from those countries. 
Since the U.S. is some of, if not the most valuable traffic in the world, the ability to cut a site's ability to access U.S. traffic would be a massive deterrent and a highly effective tool. If a DMCA subpoena allowed us access to the who is records from a registrar, again, effective tool. I would suggest that more than one in three tube pirate sites provide fake information to their service providers. Service providers such as the host, the content delivery network provider, the SSL certificate issuer, and other services. If service providers could be held liable or fined by ICANN for not maintaining accurate information, the face of internet piracy would change. To play on a Prince tune, I would find you like it was 1999. Okay, enough about what the law should look like. Here's what I think you may want to do. If you do nothing else, simply register your copyrights and keep track of the content. Don't wait. This way, if and when you decide to address the piracy of your content, you're ready to go. Then, however piracy hits you, it can be dealt with. And the earlier you address piracy, the easier it is to manage. When we take on a new client who have uh, had market penetration for an extended period of time, it usually takes us 16 to 18 months before we can step back and see a huge shift. There will be a noticeable difference, but I mean big shift, meaning there's a notable difference sooner. But I mean, when you can step back and go, wow, we had this and now we're here. Once we reach that point, though, it becomes much easier to make deals and shift the tables and fully leverage opportunities. The message in that is the sooner you do something, the easier it is. And I mean, opportunities abound. H. Jackson Brown Jr., the author of Life's Little Instruction Book, said, opportunity dances with those who are ready on the dance floor. You can be ready with your organized spreadsheet, a few Google alerts to monitor your work, and registrations. If you need support organizing, listen to episode 20 of this podcast. It's called Organizing Intellectual Property Library, a step-by-step plan. When your Google alerts go off, get in the habit of sending a DMCA takedown notice. It takes a few minutes. If you go to IPHQS.com and click on free tools, we have a DMCA notice generator and a takedown template you can use for free. Watch how your content, or better yet, your competitor's content, is being exploited by pirates. Then consider using that as a template for ad targeting. With piracy, the end result is always the same. It's pure. It's about money for the pirate. It's about getting eyeballs and moving them to a location. The difference between you and a pirate is that you have the cost of creation. Really, I mean, obviously you're not stealing, but you understand what I'm saying. You have to bear that burden and the expense and the time and the energy and the knowledge. They just have to grab it and monetize it. So really, they're a pure form to watch. Piracy at its core is the same as it was 20 years ago. The good news is now you have some tools and maybe you have a new way to see opportunity. I hope this helps you as you continue to create and publish your work. Listen to our other podcast episodes for additional tips and tools to support you. If you have questions or want to share experiences, you can join and post inside of our free Facebook group at Intellectual Property HQ Community. You can follow me on Twitter at Intel Prop HQ. If the podcast episode or the blog post is informative or helpful to you in your endeavors, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And also, if you can, I'd appreciate it. Take a moment and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Happy hunting. Jason Tucker is not an attorney. All of the information shared on this free podcast is his opinion and not legal advice. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. See you next time.